Well, the only thing I can tell you, Colton, is if you get a, a bass boat, you need to name it. Uh, it's kind of like the preacher, a preacher one time. He got a, a boat and he named it Prayer. He got a phone call and he was out fishing. Somebody said, I uh, hope we're not interrupting anything. Where are you at? He said, well, I'm in prayer. <laughs> and uh, he wasn't lying. Amen. And they said, well, we better let you alone. He said, yeah, they're starting to bite pretty good. I mean, there's, I'm getting an answer. Amen. <laughs> so, amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I, as I sat there and thought about that, we said get him some shells and stuff like that. Uh, usually Leah kills the biggest deer uh, out of all of, all these guys go hunting and they don't whip out their phones and show the deer that they've killed because they know that Leah's already killed one bigger than they have in the church and she usually kills the biggest deer in the church. Yeah. How come you guys aren't amen, amen on that one, amen? <clears throat> but anyhow, uh, got to have a little fun, amen. Galatians chapter 6, I'm going to read, uh, begin reading verse 7, very familiar portion of Scripture. I want us to look at this tonight. And, and uh, here it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There in verse 10 he says, As ye have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Back in verse 7 is our text. Says, be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Consider the Harvest. Let's pray. Father, we come to you asking you to meet with us here tonight. Lord, we sure do need your presence, need your hand upon us. We need you, Lord, to strengthen us and guide us. Lord, I pray that you'd give me wisdom, give me understanding, Lord, to say what you would have me to say. Holy Spirit, take my tongue and use it. And Lord, I pray that uh, you'd hide me behind the cross. Lord, I, I don't want to just get up here and say words and and preach a sermon. Lord, I, I want us to get something tonight. Lord, that will help us, strengthen us. Lord, help us to live for you. May you be glorified. May you be lifted up. Strengthen your, your people, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. We're getting rid of this coat right now. Amen. We find that we live in a day where very few look to the future. If you don't believe me, you look at all the credit card debt that there is out there today where people are owing $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, $60,000 on credit cards and sometimes more than that. They're not thinking about the future. They're not thinking about the outcome many times about the events in their life, what the outcome is going to be one of these days. And because of the things that they've done and the events and things that they're enacted in and the deeds of their lives, as Paul has put it here or would put it, not many are concerned about the harvest in their lives living as though the bad seed won't come up. You know, I've, I've heard over the years many times that, you know, a lot of people, they go out and they sow their, their wild oats and then they pray for a crop failure. And that doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Uh, you say, oh, well, you know, maybe it just won't come up. You, go out here, give you a good example of that. Go out here and look at 
the good grass that we've got, and most of it is brown and getting browner, but look what's green, the weeds. It amazes me that it can be dry and dry and dry and dry, and the grass can die, is that that you want, but it seems like the weeds keep on thriving. And that's the way it is in the spiritual life many times. That which is good, if it's not cultivated, if it's not taken care of, if it's not watered with the Word of God, if it's not, if it's not uh, uh, kept fresh, it begins to dry up. But the weeds of this world will always thrive when they're planted in your life. Our lives and all that we do will, and say in, in planting, there will come a harvest uh, time in our lives. Doesn't matter what you think, there's going to be a harvest. Doesn't matter what you say, there's going to be a harvest. Doesn't matter what you hope for, there's going to be a harvest. And I want us to look at that here tonight because I think it's so important. And, I, and really I'm dealing with the, the Christian here and looking at this. Many are living under the shadows of deception concerning their lives. Look at verse, one, at verse 7, he says, Be not deceived. Be not deceived. I think today we're living in a time when Christians are deceived. I think there's a lot of Christians say, well, I, I, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven, so it really doesn't apply to me. And I don't have to worry about it. And I can live the way I want to. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. You're deceived is what you are. Because it does matter. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I'm just saying you're deceived. Uh, my preacher, Brother Parker, used to say, you know, he said, you can... He said, you can go through life and you can enjoy it if you take care of what God's given you. He said, or you can go through life in a rattle trap that's falling apart. And I look at a lot of Christians today, young Christians, who are going through life in a rattle trap because they have neglected the, the Christian life. They've neglected what God has given us. In fact, the Lord tells us that that we, we're not to neglect so great a salvation, but so many today are neglecting that great salvation that they have from Jesus Christ. They're deceived. Many of our day are trying to live, I'm talking about Christians tonight now. Many of our day are trying to live their lives like it's a movie. That no matter how you live, there will always be a happy ending. I'm going to tell Janine. You say, you're going to get in trouble. I, get, I stay in trouble. She likes gun smoke. She likes gun smoke. And she may watch the first part, but she's, got, she's doing dishes or whatever, and she can't see the other part of it. She waits until it gets about the five, last five minutes of it. She says, I'm going to turn on and see what happens. I said, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> Matt Dillon's going to shoot them all, and it's going to be all all right. She said, and I said, because he's got to be on there tomorrow. And there's always kind of the happy ending, amen? And I'll admit I like gun smoke too. But that's the way it is with the movies, most of them. Boy, it looks rough. It don't look like it's going to turn out good. And oh boy, all of a sudden at the end, after all the terrible things, you got that good ending. 
leaves everybody happy. Can I tell you something, folks? Hate to bust your bubble, but that's not reality. Because there's coming a day of harvest. Many are deceived by the great deceiver himself, Satan. The deception has been pushed by this world about whose we are and why we're here. I'm talking about Christians. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, you hear me quote it so often, What, know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God. Now listen, and you're not your own. For you've been bought with a price. What was that price? The shed blood of Jesus Christ. As he went to Calvary and died in your place so that you could have eternal life. That's quite a price to pay. <coughs> to just thumb your nose at and live any old way that you want to. He said, but you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. And yet today we think that we can live any old way and do what we want to do and everything's going to be all right when we stand before the Lord. We've got to realize who we belong to. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. That's you and me. We often have that self-centered philosophy that we're on our own. We can do what we want to do, when we want, and where we want. And I guess there's some truth to that. You can. You can do what you want, when you want, and where you want. But when you do, remember there's going to come a harvest day. And when you do what you want, where you want, and how you want, you're sowing seed. And that seed that you sowed with that attitude is going to come up. There is going to be a harvest time. It is going to produce some fruit. It may not be right away. It may be years down the road. And it may not be until you stand before the Lord. The Bible says some men's sins go before and some follow after. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? Some men's sins are, are brought out in this life and, and early in life and it's seen and it's understood that it's sin and it's wrong. And then some follow after that one day that you think you got by with it, but you're going to stand before the Lord. Actually, the Bible says you're going to kneel before the Lord. Every knee shall bow unto him. And you're going to give an account of that which follows. And so there is that harvest coming, our direction. Well, man is deceived. Many Christians are deceived, thinking that everything's swept under the rug. But it's not. God will not be mocked. Look at there, verse 7 again. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that, you ought to circle that, that shall he also reap. But I want you to notice something that we overlook sometimes in that verse. It says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. What comes right after mocked? 
Come on, English class. A colon. Do you know what that means? He's about to tell you something. That colon there in your Bible after mocked is saying that which follows that colon is in reference to the previous statement. He said it, what comes after that colon is what I've been talking about. We've done that before. You say, I'm sending you colon, and then we list things. What's that colon saying? I'm sending you what's following afterwards. And he tells us, for God, uh, be not saved, for God is not mocked. Colon. And then he says, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He's talking about mocking God with what you sow. He said, I'm not going to be mocked. He said, be, don't be deceived. He said, don't think you're going to get by with it. Don't think it's going to be taken lightly. Don't think that I'm going to stand up and, and wring my hands and wonder what to do about it. Don't think that I'm going to turn my back on it. Don't think that I'm going to close my eyes to it. Don't think that, he said, for God is not mocked. Do you know what we're seeing today in our government, in, our, in, in the FBI deal, and even a lot of the, the, the court cases and all this stuff that's going on? There is a mockery, a mockery of our judicial system because they're slapping people on the hands that should be thrown under the jail. And people that they shouldn't even be talking to, they're locking them up. It's a mockery. And God says, you may do that where you're at. But he said, you're not going to do that with me. He said, I'm not going to be mocked. He said, be not deceived. He said, I'm giving you fair warning. He said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Then the scripture, as I said, goes on, speaks about those things. Mark it down. He's saying, mark it down. Put it in your mind. Put it in your heart. Don't forget it. Put it on a billboard. Put it in your, on the visor of your car. Put it on the back of your hand. Put it wherever on the refrigerator. Put it everywhere that you go. I'm not going to be mocked. And whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap. He said, mark it down. That'll be your crop. That'll be your harvest. But he says, good or bad. Be careful what you sow. Many times we dig into that real heavy. I'm not going to dig into that real heavy about what we sow. Because I want us to look at something I think that we overlook. Be also careful where you sow. See, it's not in the scripture. There. We, you're, th you're talking about good ground and bad ground. You're talking about the rocky. You're talking about the, 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 where there's uh, everything and all that. No, I'm, I'm talking, he gives us two places that we sow in our lives as a Christian. Look here in verse 8. He said, For he that soweth, notice here, to his flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. The scripture points out two places in which the Christian can sow. It's either the flesh or the Spirit of God. 
we're going to sow in one of the two places with our lives. Each of us have seed that will be sown somewhere to the flesh or to the spirit. That seed consists of many things. What is a seed preacher that consists of a lot of things? It can consist of money. It can consist of possessions. It can consist of time. It can consist of talents, faithfulness. On goes the list of, li uh, of seed that you're going to sow in your lifetime one place or the other, either to the flesh or to the Spirit of God. It's like this. Well, let me, let me go on here and then I'll come back to this. The fruit of the flesh is this. Look, if you back up there in Galatians chapter 5, he talks about the flesh here. He says now, in verse 19, he says, For now the works of the flesh are manifest, otherwise they've come up, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Many will say, preacher, I've read that list and I don't have a problem with any of that. I'm not sowing that stuff. Well, I want you to notice the last three words. And such like. And such like. Many times we say, I'm not involved in those things, but it's where the, the and such like comes in. That's still living for self and the flesh and that which will not last for eternity or bring you into a closer relationship with the Lord. Here's what we think. All those things prior to that is dealing with what we would call sin. We just flat, straight up said, man, those are, those are, that's sin. And, and I'm, not, I'm not sowing that stuff in my life, preacher. Man, I'm not, I'm not a drunk. And, I, and, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not tied up in witchcraft. And, I'm, and I don't hate anybody. And, 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 I don't, and I'm not a murderer. Well, what about the such like? That's still living for self. It's that wood, it's that hay, that stubble that the Bible talks about that will burn up one day. That such like is when you come before the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12, he says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is, otherwise what type of fruit it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Praise the Lord. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So he's talking about such like. He's talking about the things that we sow. It may not be all these other, this list of things, but other things that we sow to the flesh. Let's move on. I'm going to come back to this here. But if, we, if the, that seed in, of our lives is sown to the Spirit, we'll reap a harvest that will last, listen to me, for eternity. We even have that experience, we, we, we'll have an, even an experience that, that fruit here, but also throughout all eternity. 
And he tells us over in chapter 5 again, verse, begin verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, now notice why he says, let us also walk in the Spirit. And as we stand in the judgment, our fruit will be tried by that fire again, and it will last as the gold and silver and precious stone does. But I want you to understand something. Here's the, I want to get to this point right here is what I'm after. The same seed can be sown in either one, but it's different ground. It's either your flesh, which is your desires and so on, or it's your spirit. Let's see if I got any. Yeah. Okay. You guys come up for a minute. Braxton, tell me something here. What's that? A one dollar bill. What's that? A one dollar bill. How much can I buy with that? One thing. One dollar's worth of stuff, right? How much can I buy with that? One dollar worth of stuff. Would you say they're the same? Yes. Okay. Smarter than some of you. <clears throat> they're exactly the same. One will not buy more than the other. They're the same value. But here is the flesh. Here is the Spirit of God. We're going to sow the same thing in two different places. Take it. Take it. You get on the flesh side. <laughs> here's, here's what he's saying. You can take the same seed and you sow it to the flesh. It's going to reap corruption. You take the same seed that would reap corruption to the flesh and you sow it in the spirit And it's going to reap something that's everlasting. Something that's good. This is going to reap corruption. This is going to reap everlasting, eternal rewards. Remember I said the seeds that we sow? Time, money, talents, possessions. There's nothing sinful with those things. There's nothing sinful with this. But it's where you sow it that makes the difference. How you spend your time. What you look at. What you listen to. Where you go. How you use your abilities. If you sow in it for yourself, which is the flesh, it's not going to last. It's, it's going to be corrupted. Corruption is something that, you go out here, I mean right now, you can drive down the highway and you can smell corruption a lot of times. It may be a dead deer alongside the road that's bloated and, and rotting and, and man, you can smell it. That's corruption. I, I, 
I have failed yet to see anybody stopped along the side with a fork. <laughs> Why? Because it's rotten. It's full of maggots. It stinks. That's what God's saying. You're going to reap. You can take something perfectly good, and if you keep it to the flesh, what's the flesh? You and me. We're the flesh. Our desires, our lust, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And you take that which is good. Let me just throw out an example. Let's say you've got, well, you get up in the morning. You got, you got 30 minutes before you got to leave to go to work. You can go in. I'm going to mess up somebody here now. Say, so who? I don't have any idea. Maybe listening. You can get on Facebook. For 30 minutes. Or you can get in the Bible for 30 minutes. You can get on your phone for 30 minutes and yak about the American League and National League, Major League Baseball game. That finally the National League got lucky and beat them guys. And you can get excited about that. Now that don't seem wrong, does it? Preacher, is it sinful to get on Facebook? No. Is it sinful to talk about the National League and American League baseball game? No. But it's seed. Or you can take that time that you was going to get on the phone at 30 minutes before you had to go to work and you can get on your face and talk to God. Guess what? It's going to last, and this thing is going to multiply. This one's going to corrupt. Let's say you got your talents. Let's say that, man, you can play a guitar. Man, you can beat the strings right off that thing. You can go play out here in the world's music, and, and some of that stuff, it's... It's not wrong, but it's the flesh. Or you can take that talent and you can pick up that guitar and you begin to play like David was playing on that harp and singing praises to God and magnifying the Lord. And guess what? It multiplies. What's it do over here, preacher? Get you excited, stomp your foot a little bit. Get you going, maybe. But boy, I tell you what, you get in there. Am I right, Dustin? It gets you going when you got one with God. I mean, it does something in here before it gets down to here. Because it's already reached up there. And God's moving in here. And I'm not saying he won't move that, but I'm going to tell you what, it's going to move this before it moves that. And you use that talent for God. Is it wrong to play 
just to play some good, you know, I, I don't know. I, uh, Orange Blossom Special, I don't know. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I like Orange Blossom Special. I like some of those songs. There's nothing wrong with those songs. But I'm trying to get you to see that even though it's something good, if it's sown only in the flesh, it's not going to reap anything. It's going to last forever. And sometimes when we look at this verse about being, being not saved, God's not mocked for us, our men, so if that shall he also reap, he sows the flesh, shall the flesh reap, Christ, but he sows the spirit, shall the spirit reap life everlasting. Hey, listen, sometimes we get that and we think only about the bad things that we're sowing into our life. No, it can be good things, but we're sowing into the flesh, and the flesh has nothing but corruption. Your body's going to lay down one of these days if the Lord tarries. And I hate to tell you this, but it's going to corrupt. And we could go on and on, but I think you get the idea. I want my dollar back. Thank you. Since it's, I'll give you both of them since we're going, no, I ain't going to do that either. Thank you. But do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> you can sow to the flesh even good things. But when you sow to the flesh, it's not going to last for eternity. Now, I'm not saying that everything, that you can't do some things. I'm not saying that. But here's the problem. We get in the mode of sowing to the flesh so much that that's the only place that we sow. That's the only place that we put any seed in the ground. That's, and, and so everything, our harvest is going to come from here. And the problem with that is if you're not sowing to the Spirit, then the, you're not walking with God and you're not enjoying the things of God and you're not harvesting anything for the Lord and, and that the blessings aren't there and you're not, you're not seeing God's hand in your life that's going to make you a stronger Christian. So it's important where you sow. Galatians 5 verse 16 says, This I say, then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then consider who you are to be sowing for. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be you reconciled to God. Notice he says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. We need to remember who our life is about. We need to realize that we're to be sowing for our God. We need to understand that this life is about Him. It's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's not about our flesh. It's about His Spirit and about his, Him being glorified and magnified. We need to stop and think about who we're sowing for. Like I said, I'm not saying you can't play Orange Blossom Special. I'm not saying that. But if that's the only place you ever go, then you're not you're not sowing for the Lord. You're sowing for yourself. Not only consider who you're sowing for, but consider the amount that you're sowing for the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, begin verse 6, he says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, or shall, shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 
every man according as he purposed in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly, nor or, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. The principle is more than just about money. He's talking about the more that you invest in God. The more that you invest in, in the things of God. He said, you're going to have a more abundance. He talks about to, to give of those things of our lives, not grudgingly, but cheerfully. You know, and we always put everything towards a dollar bill or towards money, but it's, it's more than just money. It's your time. Do you, does it, do you grudgingly go to church? Or do you cheerfully go? Do you grudgingly sing those songs? Or are you excited to sing those songs unto the Lord? Do you grudgingly each day because you know that you're supposed to pick up that Bible? Well, I'm supposed to read my Bible today. You know, the preacher preaches on it uh, every chance he gets. If he ain't got anything else to preach on, he preaches on reading your Bible every day. Or do you pick it up with a joy of looking into the precious Word of God with a desire to see the hand of God moving in your life and the lives of others to mine out those nuggets of gold, to see those jewels come forth. Do we do it grudgingly? Or do we just so sparingly? Do we just... Be honest with me. Because God knows. And this is a test. Have you ever done anything that you only did what you just had to do to get by with? We all do that. We all do that. I don't like washing dishes. You see, it's kind of like this. When I was little, Rick and I would get in fights. Guess what happened? We'd have to do the dishes. And it warped me. I'm just not right anymore because I had to wash the dishes when I was little. So I hate washing dishes. So when Janine is gone, I use as much paper plates as I possibly can for one thing. And if I can eat it with my fingers, buddy, that's what I'm going to do. But hallelujah, there's this thing called a dishwasher. And that which has to be washed, I rinse it off, stick it in the dishwasher. Why? So I don't have to wash it. I'm getting by with just as little as I can when it comes to washing dishes. What do you do about the pots and pans? I tell Hunter to wash them. Say, <laughs> so what does he do? He rinses them out and leaves them for his mom. What do you think he does? <laughs> And so there's things that we just do enough to get by. God said, don't be that way. He said, he which sow sparingly shall reap also sparingly. When you're sowing for the, to the things of the Spirit, 
Man, lay it in there. Put it in there. Lay it in it good and heavy. Because God's going to bless it in an abundance. And then don't become weary when you're sowing and living for the Lord. Look at verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Preacher, what does that mean? Real simple. I'm going to get you out of here. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. And be not weary in well-doing is what he's talking about. Walking in the Spirit. Following the Spirit of God. The things of God. Be not weary in well-doing. Can I tell you something? Guys, hop back up here for a second. See, why are you doing that for? They need the exercise. I mean, I don't want them to get like me. So I get them up and down. If you're sowing to this, the harvest that's going to come up is going to wear you slick. It's going to wear you out. You're going to get weary. And here's where you, a lot of Christians are really getting weary. Here and running back to 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 here and they're wore out. They're weary. You know why? Because they're trying to sow everything on both directions and it's wearing them out. If you get over here and sow to the Spirit, there's a peace. There's a rest. There's a refreshing drink. There's the, the pleasantness of God. There's a shadow under His wings. There's the protecting hand. There's a cool breeze comes from the Spirit of God. And you won't get weary. You know the best place to stay? Right here. Right here. But when you're constantly going back and forth, and this is what a lot of Christians are doing, back and forth, they're just wore out, weary, weary. Thank you, fellas. So what do you do? Just keep on keeping on for the Lord. And when the world comes and begins to attack, just get close to God. He'll fight the battle, and He'll keep you from wearing out. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, I pray that you'd be with the folks tonight. Lord, don't want them to get weary. Don't want them to get wore out. Lord, we want them to sow to the Spirit and not to the flesh. Bless them in a special way, Lord. Maybe we just need to find a place tonight and say, Lord, help me to sow to the Spirit and not to my flesh. It may not be that it's sin that they're sowing. But Lord, just they've let the flesh run free. And they're sowing to it more than the Spirit of God. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. No one looking around, please.